0: everyone. I'm Jen. I'm Anthony and this is Bottom Bracket Biking Podcast. A
1: Couple's Guide to Biking. Hello and welcome to episode 23. Today we are going to be talking with Corey McAlpin about SWIG and then for our main portion of the show we are getting into Dewinterizing your bike setup, or what you might call the spring cleaning in the bike world.
0: Or spring training, or getting that winter fluff off, you know.
1: Or, thank goodness it's finally above zero degrees, I can do all the other stuff I want to do on my bike.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of names for it, but uh, we'll talk about kind of how we, we get into it. Before we get to the interview, though, we wanted to read upcoming events. Our new fun segment that everybody loves. Uh, I want to remind you about the Colfax Gravel Bonanza Fondo which is on Saturday, March 27th. So it will be next weekend for, from when this comes out.
1: And we also have the High Trestle Trail Sunday Funday Rides. It is a weekly thing starting April 11th. starts at the Fat Tire Lounge in Madrid, Iowa. It goes on the High Trestle Trail.
0: And then the third event that we will mention, although if you don't know about it and aren't signed up, then you just don't know, is the Iowa Wind & Rock It is the 340 mile ride put on by Sarah Cooper that we kind of spectated last year, I guess you would call
1: it. Yeah, it got moved to the same weekend as the spotted horse last year, but they're back to the the normal spring date. Yep. And that's
0: 340 miles. Like I said, if you know about it, you know, otherwise you think they're out of their dang mind.
1: And it's too late to start training. I think it might (laughs) actually be too late to sign up, but it's definitely too late to start Uh, training. I think
0: I saw they were full.
1: Yeah. Uh, Our next event is the It's On Fun Haters Ride, keeping it outside this year. This starts at the Triangle Tap in Des Moines, and that is on Saturday, April 17th. It's a party ride, but it's about 20 miles long. Yeah,
0: and that is all we have for events right now. Like I said last time, if you want to have your event read off real quick, uh, throw it on Bike Iowa's website. That's bikeiowa.com. I think you can just throw events on there.
1: And if you want any more information on any of the events... Events that we mentioned, check out Bike Iowa. They've got
0: all the links. Yep. All right. Let's go on to our interview.
1: Let's hear from Corey. Here we go. Okay, guys, let's go to the race director interview today. We are talking to Corey McAlpin, who does SWIG, the Southwest Iowa gravel grinder. Anthony's actually wearing the t shirt from 2020. So it's helpful. I can look at it and read off of there. And I think we have talked about SWIG a few other times on this show. So we're really excited to talk to Corey today.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Corey, say hello for everyone at home. Hello, guys. <laughs> and you are in, you're in Villisca right now, right? You're home. home? Yeah. So we're going to start off with the first question that I ask everyone is, what's your favorite bike right now? Don't overthink. it. It's not supposed to be a trick question, but you know.
2: Uh, that'd be my Soma Wolverine.
0: Wolverine.
1: Ooh, I don't think we've heard that one yet.
0: No, that's not a bike that
1: I've seen much of. So why are you liking that one right now? Um, well, I, I'm
2: just an all steel guy. I don't own anything carbon. Um, I do have a salsa Fargo and, uh, it's okay, but it's kind of like a tank and the Wolverines, my redneck version of a lightweight bike. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's, Pretty lively, and it's quick, and it it just rolls nice. It's just a nice handling bike. What uh, what brand is that? Soma.
0: Soma. Nice. Yeah, I was looking at a Salsa Fargo yesterday, actually, and it was uh, <clears throat> it handled like a tank. That was my complaint with it. So, <laughs> right, I might look right, into that.
2: Right, there are several people riding them in Iowa that uh, you know that are posting on the gravel project all the time. Iowa gravel project. There, it's it's a pretty popular bike. It's kind of a niche bike you
0: know, but I'm kind of a niche person. So that, that might work out pretty well. So let's get into the, uh, the event that you put on. What was the, uh, first year that you put that on? Um, 2017, 2017. I think that was the year before I did it the first time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Revered my, history- yes. yeah. Yeah. I, I just kind of randomly was like, ah, right, let's go drive what two and a half hours down there and hang out and, <laughs> I got dared into doing like ninety miles and then gave up at like seventy. It was a mess.
2: <laughs> so I think the first year, how many people did you have? The first year we had um eight people, including myself. I was number nine. So it was uh I I was pretty naive and I actually thought that it was when I you know, in twenty sixteen I said, I want to do a gravel event. And this thing, who who does want to come down here and ride these roads, you know? And this and I was envisioning 50, 60, 70 people showing up, and I got eight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, but. I think you got to 50, 60, 70, you know, these last couple of years.
2: Oh, yeah. We hit 111 last year. Yeah, that was going to be
1: my,
0: my next question. What did you have the the second year then? Because it was significantly more. In
2: 2018, we had 50 plus people sign up and I think 35 actually showed up I mean, you were one of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those things that I tell people is if you're going to do an event, you know, the first year might not be perfect, but then people will know about it and show up. Uh, Why do you think you got more people that second year then?
2: I don't really know. I'll be honest with you (laughs) because there's one fella I've become friends with named Steve Crumweed who, um, was one of the original eight and he's been back every single year and he signed up for 2021, but other than him, nobody else returned. Um, so I don't know if a couple of the guys from 2017, I'm sure you know, they're from the Des Moines area. I don't know if they told some people about it or what, but <clears throat> I just know in 2018, we just had a pretty good turnout. You know, yeah. I, was, I was surprised.
0: Yeah. And then it, it's only kind of gone up from there. Right. Uh, and each year it seems like you've had different distances offered like hundred K. And then I think one time there was like a 90 mile. Is that right? Is that right?
2: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let me think here. 2018, I had two distances and I still didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I had 95 miles and like 45 miles. Um, yeah. So I, I guess, I don't know why I didn't round up to a hundred. It just didn't work out that way.
0: Yeah, that that's one thing I remember. Is it seemed like every every year the distances were slightly different. Which you know, a hundred k or ninety miles, like whatever, I'll do either one. But <laughs> yeah, then or try anyway.
1: Twenty nineteen, I think that was the first year that I came and I I attempted the hundred k. That was the really hot year. Yeah. And then last year. Anthony did the hundred K, and I think I did the fifty K, which worked out really well.
2: Right, 2019 was a mess. <laughs>
1: 2019 was probably
2: the year that um, made me realize the event was growing, and it was growing exponentially. I think in 2019 I had 83 people registered, and a little over 50 showed, and that was the year we had we had somebody from Los Angeles show up, somebody from the guy that won. The long distance, which is another story, uh, was from Colorado. Uh, We had somebody from New York signed up for it. We had people from, shoot, I think 11 different states in 2019. Yeah. And then we had that record heat that I literally watched a guy climbing a 14% grade and he stopped and just fell over sideways and hit his head on the road. And it scared me and it scared me real bad. I was right there when it happened is it near a water stop. And a couple came up from Des Moines and they said, I just want to tell you, we are some really strong riders and these weather conditions are really dangerous and you need to call this. And that is when I started driving back and saying, you know, at that water stop, you could go left and you'd go for the hundred mile or go right and you'd have your 52 miles or whatever it was. And I started driving back and saying, "Long distance is off. Take a yeah. right, finish on the shore. I'll still score you." Because um, I was getting really nervous. I thought we were going to have some medical emergencies. Unfortunately, we did not.
0: Well, and for, for people listening who didn't go, what do you remember? What the heat index was? It was like 110 or something crazy. It,
2: it was like uh, I think it was 110 by noon. Mm-hmm. and yeah. it's it even hotter around 3 three thirty 30 in the afternoon so that wasn't even the peak it was bad
0: yeah we would we would pat or i i passed some people who who had called it they were like it's too hot And I, I would tell people i'm like yeah it's like it's like don't let the old people out hot like don't right. go outside
1: yeah that's right, don't let me
2: out yeah i should have stayed home that day
1: <laughs> i just remember it I was like a mile out from the first water stop and just going in a straight line. Uh-huh. I think that's the hardest I've ever fought to just keep my bike going in a straight line. And we got to that fairway or whatever it was. And I just walked laps in the air conditioning until like everything felt normal again. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't get back on my bike. This is, this is not a good idea.
0: Yeah, right. I remember I remember talking to you. You came through with, with the van and you were like, hey, it's way too hot out here. Like, do you, do you just want to be done? And I I said no. And then as you were leaving, I took a picture of it because at that moment I was like, I may have made a terrible mistake. <laughs> and the last five miles, I think I went through five like gallons of water because every hill at the bottom, I would dump water on me so I could make it at the top. And then I have to wait at the top till I cooled down.
1: Five gallons or five liters? No, five
0: maybe you, 5 liters.
1: I know you got some extra water in there.
0: Yeah, I, I used all my all my water in like 5 miles. So, wow. that was uh not great. It's funny most most people we talk to are like, "Ah, 2020 was pretty bad." And it's like, "No, 2019 was <laughs> was a <laughs> mess." Well,
2: I personally didn't think 2020 was that bad, but I guess I I've heard the same thing people were saying that and I'm, and I'm like, uh, no, 2019 was bad." Uh, yeah
1: 2020 was just fine and maybe that's partly because i was i did the planned 50k instead of just stopping it around 50k but no, i i really enjoyed the 2020 course and that day like it was actually cloudy part of the day it wasn't super duper hot and humid right so 2019
2: was the turning point for me that is what kind of knocked me upside the head woke me up a little bit and said this event's growing and it's growing about 30% a year and with what just happened today we have got to do things differently and that's why in 2020 i started charging for the first time and every and i got liability insurance on every person and a catered meal and, and some other stuff is like and i felt much more comfortable then because i didn't have i kept 2019 i was I knew the heat was coming the night before from the weather forecast. I was up almost all night in bed, sweating and worrying because I thought, I can just see it now. Somebody's going to have a heart attack on my race course and it's going to be bad. I was, I was really, really nervous and I'm very fortunate that we did not have anything bad like that happen. So,
0: yeah. So then 2020, you had even more people, right? Than 2019. That would have been last year.
2: Yeah, I had 111 sign up last year. And then was
0: that the first year you did, uh, I think there, there was like a meal afterwards, mm-hmm. right? At that place downtown.
2: Right. Yeah. So in the, the second year, we I smoked a bunch of pulled pork and we served food. And the third year, I want to say the Lions Club mm-hmm. served a meal. Yep. Yes, and yes, everybody. last year, we used a local cafe, which we will be using again in 2021. So it turned out to be a pretty big hit.
1: Which, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And it was a reason to kind of, you know, go into Veliska and check it out. And even with COVID, it didn't feel like, you know, it's small town. There weren't a ton of people around. So it was fairly easy to kind of stay with your little group. And yeah, they had really good food. That was a, a fun option.
0: Oh, when. Yeah. When was that event last year? What was the date of it? Do you remember? What month was it? June 27th. Okay. So that was still pretty relatively early on mm-hmm. in in the
2: COVID madness. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, I'd always planned on having it, but I stayed in communication with Sarah Cooper and Cole and Daniel and a bunch of the race directors in, in Iowa, and we were fortunate that our governor the way you know, the way our state handled the situation, we were able to have our events and I can speak for my event, but to the best of my knowledge, everybody's events were a success and liability free. And they they turned out all right.
0: Yep. I, I haven't heard of anyone having a problem with with a bike event.
1: One well, I think too, the fact that you changed locations for the start last year was helpful because you didn't have to be in a big group. Right you know, you weren't all going in a door to check in.
2: Right. Oh, I want to, I'd like to address something too. I was listening to some of your other podcasts and I, I wanted to, you know, as far as like how all the events last year were handled, the way they started their races. um, I remember saying at the start of our event that I wanted everybody two by two and about 10 feet apart. Uh, (laughs) So I attempted to do a social distancing start. But before we got to the river bridge, I looked in the rear view mirror and everybody was clustered together. They were laughing. They were carrying on talking to each other. And I thought, well, so much for social distancing.
1: <laughs> yeah, we saw, we saw the exact same thing in the Iowa gravel classic. They get up there and they're like, okay, guys, space out. And everybody's like, or not. We have masks on. We'll pull them down in five minutes, but we're good. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: short of being a not fun race director, I think that's about all you can do is just say, you know, space yourself out. If you don't follow the rules, that's on you.
2: I mean, that's all you really can do. As long as you're telling them what they should be doing, you know, they're adults. They're not children. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And and from our perspective, we, we were in that crowd. And generally what or what what happened from where we were is, you know, we were with like the four people who we normally hang out around. Right. And so everyone else kind of clumped in their little, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Groups. Pods. Pods. Pods, sure. I like pods. <laughs> so th- this upcoming year, you're planning on doing it for 2021, right? Correct.
1: Yeah. I, I think we're already registered, Anthony. So, are we? Yeah.
0: Pretty sure I we are. you guys are. Uh, we'll show up either way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh,
0: <laughs> no, register. Don't just show up. That's very, I can't, I'd imagine that's pretty stressful. But anyway... 2021 is it uh april no june again june june it's on my son's birthday oh june 26. happy birthday to your
2: son yeah he'll be 22 so you to go out and is he doing the ride <laughs> um no <laughs> i can't get, i cannot get him he's done some rides with me and and he he's a track runner in college he's in shape but he's not in bicycle shape it's a different kind of fitness so yeah I can't get them interested.
0: <laughs> no, that's all right. Sometimes sometimes you just got to let them do their thing. That's so true. Th-
2: this year, I see, it looked like you have three distances. Which, yeah, and I had that last year, too. Yeah, I did. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, because I remember Sarah Cooper posting something about how it's nice to only do a 200K. And I'm like, okay, I see how yeah. this is.
2: Well, you know, <clears throat> I took a chance last year because it's something i had been thinking about having a be- – I called it a beginner's distance, Mm -hmm. And which is probably some truth to that. But, you know, I'm not a beginner, but 30 to 40 miles is plenty for me. So it's kind of a it's an anybody distance who's not an elite athlete or, you know, what have you. And I took a chance and that chance really panned out. And so far this year with registration, it is huge. I feel like there is a large segment of the gravel community that gets left out by a lot of races because they only offer a 50 or a 60 mile and a 200 mile i mean not everybody out there wants to ride 50 or 60 miles especially if it's really hilly like down here
0: yeah are you talking about are you talking about the 50k that you got
2: yes correct that 50k has just been a hit and i wish I, i never thought to get numbers and stats compiled before we did this interview but i want to say last year's race we had 20 to 30 women total and a bunch of them were in the 50k and i thought that was phenomenal yeah so
0: on our podcast we try to talk to those people who might want to do an event you know dip their toes in it but a lot of people like jen doesn't want to do 60 Mm -hmm. miles right so a a 50k oh heck yeah she'll do 50 i'll do 100 and it'll be a, a good day
1: Right. Especially because then like and a really good example of this is the 24 hours of coming two years ago is Anthony and I both did the 100K and Anthony got done in four hours and then he had to wait because I got done in six hours. And so if we can kind of like I do the shorter distance, I might even get done a little bit ahead of him and then have time to freshen up and then he can get done. I drive home and it just works so much better for our day and riding together and
0: right. And I mean, part of that's what you want your event to be too, right? Like if you want it to be an ultra event, don't offer a 50 K. If you want it to be a, an everyone event. Yeah. Do 50, hundred. I mean not, you have 200. So people like Sarah Cooper will show up and win. <laughs> <laughs> she did last year.
1: So one thing that I've actually really liked, do you specifically change the course every year? Um,
2: historically? Yes. But, moving forward, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I put this on my website, but I'll go and repeat it here. I feel like last year's routes were some of the finest routes I've ever created. Um, I just was really, really pleased with those routes and they were a hit with you guys. This year's routes are a combination of last year's roads and new stuff. And the, this year's routes, I'm calling the B routes last year's routes for 2020. Um, I'm calling A routes. And I think what I'm going to do every year is I'm either going to alternate A on off years, B on the next year, or I'm going to flip a coin. But I'm going to have those two routes. And that's probably the ones I'm going to use from here on out. Um, Again, I don't have stats compiled, but I want you to know, I think, and this is going off of my ride with GPS deal. I'm just calculating points on the route. I think there's in 32 miles on the 50k level B route this year in 2021, there is like 11 to 14 miles of dirt roads. I think I almost half of it is dirt. Not quite. I don't have an exact number, but it is insane.
0: When you say dirt, you mean like level B, not just gravel, right? I mean, level B. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Gravel's not dirt. Gravel's rock.
0: Well, I just want to clarify for people who are like, well, that means there's a bunch of road. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So there there's a ton of B roads, right? Right. I, I love the B roads because the the road kind of clam up with the ruts and the stuff. And I oh, just yeah. I bombed down the ditch like a gleeful child.
1: Oh, I loved watching that last year. There was a couple people that I was riding around and you could just see the comfort level. Like I hit the dirt and like, yes, I know how to ride this stuff, and they hit it and they're like can I put my foot down now?
0: <laughs> and then the, the more B roads, the better for me. Cause I don't got the, I don't got the Watts.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I agree. I love those B roads.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of one, one thing to draw people to your event. Do you have another thing? Like when people say, Oh, like what's your event about? Do you have kind of a pitch for it?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, and this doesn't just apply to my event, unfortunately. Uh, but basically the entire western side of the state up to about where the Iowa Gravel Classic is around White Rock has more level B roads as well as elevation than any other part of the state of Iowa. I mean, there's level B all over the state, but we have more of them in this area than anywhere else. And I used to say that my area had the most until I hit the Iowa Gravel Classic last year, and I, I raced that. Uh, I didn't finish, but, but I did run it. And Sarah's got as many Level B roads up on that as I got down here. So then I changed it to basically saying the western side of the state. We've got some mm-hmm. stuff over here that's just awesome.
0: So I uh, I have a pitch, and this is why I talk about your ride specifically so much. Um, we're, we're from southern Iowa, or not southern Iowa, but Knoxville, Iowa, you know, okay, down yeah. a little bit further south. And it's fun to go to a little town – Velisca, especially because the only thing i know about it is that dang axe murder house that happened in like 1902 or something right and so i show up at this town like not knowing what to expect and i meet this guy named Corey, and i'm like all right this guy reminds me of people i know and we go (laughs) ride for a while and it was super cool the first two years you know to see the, the the area and then it's cool to see that like it's just some dude putting on the event that likes to ride his bike and it's a cool area. And then last year going into town and eating at the diner place was like, man, there's like a whole, a whole part of the U S that like, I would never even think about. Right. So, so more than like the Hills and the ride, just like the community or or like two years ago when it was at the community center, it was like these people who just showed up to help out and they were super cool. I I (laughs) I don't know who they were, but it was, it was like, Someone's parents or something.
1: I think the Lions Club was.
0: Yeah, the yeah. Lions Club.
1: They get super
2: excited in this town. Um, in 2019, when that person from Los Angeles signed in at the community building and <laughs> one of the Lions Club members, they were asking him, where are you guys from? Where are you guys from? And this guy says, oh, I flew out from Los Angeles. I've got family in Omaha. And this guy came in and his eyes were as big as dinner plates. And he said, we have somebody from Los Angeles in <laughs> and I'm like, that's pretty cool, Paul. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just was, I thought he was going to have a heart attack. I mean, it meant everything to him. Yeah.
0: And, and that's why, why I talk about it so much. I've done a bunch of gravel rides and, you know, a bunch of them are fun. Some of them are at like cool campgrounds. And this is like a whole community that I just never, you know, never would have, would have, interacted with otherwise.
2: Right. Yeah, Yeah, I I know what you mean. And there's communities like this all over the state. And if they don't have anything to bring you there, why would you go there?
1: Yeah, it it feels a little bit like going home. You know, we've gone away from the you have to try to find gravel where we are in the Des Moines area. And this is just like, oh, you go past and you wave at the farmer and he's kind of like, why the heck is there a bike on my road? But okay, whatever you do your thing. And, you know, the whole small town feel and I know I it's nostalgic every single time I go only now, instead of being a kid who's riding on gravel, because that's how I have to like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't live in town. If I'm riding, I'm going to be on gravel. It's like, I'm choosing to be out here and it it's one of the things that I always enjoy about it.
0: Right. Be interesting to take someone who's only been in the city their whole life and bring them out there. They might have a panic attack. They might. Where's all the buildings.
2: I, I went on a gravel ride. Uh, A few years ago, I can't remember what it was called, but it started in Adel, went down through Winterset and come back to Adel. And then the guy never had it again, Uh, had a lot of people show up, but I was, I got my eyes opened to what the gravel's like up in your neck of the woods. That was suburban gravel and (laughs) it's not the same stuff, but I still had a good time, but you know.
0: Yeah. Well. Uh, up where we are, up just north of Des Moines, it's crazy flat. We went for a 24-mile ride on Saturday. Right. And I think we had, like, 300 feet of elevation change total, mm-hmm. if if that. Wow. Yeah, stupid flat. Oh, Jen has it right here. Please hold.
1: Oh, uh, 522 feet of elevation. Yeah. That's the first hill when we ride Swig. That- <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe the first and the second combined, like... Two hundred foot hills is kind of what I expect. But
2: I have a little there's a few flat sections down here, maybe a mile or so.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, what do I say about uh hills, Jen, when you're doing a loop?
1: Well, when you go up, you have to come back down.
0: Yeah, you end where you started. So it's it ends up being zero. You net zero, so it's fine. Don't worry right, about it. Right. Uh yeah. I that's all
2: I had, Corey. Did you is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um come on down June twenty sixth. I mean that's uh about all i got i guess uh see what it's all about uh there's a reason that we keep growing at the rate we do every year and it's not because it's a crappy event i mean that's yeah. it's we're doing something right and people are returning for a reason so and anthony will not
0: shut up about it
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I hope you sell out this year i don't know how many spots you have open
2: uh, i don't really cap it uh I haven't got that big yet. <laughs> I don't know whether I ever will. Who knows? We'll see what happens. One of take- these
0: years you'll have 300 people and go, wait a minute. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. Or maybe not. So are you planning on starting where you did last year then? Um, yeah. I, as of right now, I have uh, permission to use the football field again. Um, however, we're coming in. This year's routes are coming in from the other side of town. So um, we're going to finish on the city square. Yep. Well, there'll be a finish line just outside of town before the dangerous traffic hits, or I wouldn't say dangerous traffic, but I'm going to have a finish line somewhere outside of town. And um, once you cross that, that's going to be your order. And then you can leisurely ride back into town and then we'll have the sign in at the city square.
0: Cool. Nice. Yeah. I was just asking. I didn't know if how much you were planning on changing it up this year. But for people who are worried about COVID, you did a fantastic job last year, as far as I'm concerned.
2: I well, I know one area we fell short last year was the water stops. We didn't have enough, and then we ran out of water at the mile fifty-two water stop, and I felt horrible about that. Um, we're we're going through more communities this year, and we're going to have we're going to have probably the same amount of uh, supplied water stops, but I'm running the the 100k and the 200k through more communities by more convenience uh mini marts whatever you want casey stores yeah so um yeah i learned a lot last year you got to have more availability of water whether i'm providing it free or you can go in and buy your own but at least places to stop and get water
1: well that sounds like it's going to be really fun so i know anthony and i are signed up so we'll be there Saturday, June 26th in Vallisca, Iowa. Come out and join us, guys. Correct. Yeah. Thanks for talking
0: to us, Corey. Uh, have too. a good day. Yeah, you too. That was Corey McAlpin, ladies and gentlemen, with Swig Gravel Ride. Southwest Iowa Gravel Grinder Gravel Ride?
1: Yep, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were going to say?
1: Uh, no, no, it was not. Well, anyhow, that was a really fun conversation. I hope that you guys listening enjoyed it as much as we did having that conversation and hope to see all of you at SWIG this year.
0: Yeah, Corey's fun to talk to. And like I said, too many times and in a mini podcast, that is a very interesting ride. Highly well, recommend.
1: You've done it. What? This will be your fourth year.
0: Yep. This will be my fourth time. It was one of the first gravel rides I I, I did that was out of the area.
1: Hmm. So yeah, we've got some history going. Let's keep it going.
0: Yeah. So now we're going to get into the next section, which is
1: kind of what we've been up
0: to and also the glory of the changing weather.
1: Yes, I am putting this under the broad umbrella of spring cleaning, whatever the bike term is for that. Bike cleaning. Spring bike? No. Spring biking? Yes. Dewinterizing?
0: Dewinterizing. It's like a boat, but on two wheels. Uh, We have gone from trainer to the road now, thank goodness. Yep. Which involves swapping out the slicks on the bikes putting on gravel tires. In Jen's case, she got a new pair of gravel tires.
1: I am so excited. Also my old pair of gravel tires. Oh my goodness. Setting them up tubeless was like, I have literally been in tears trying to get those tires to set up tubeless. So I have a new pair now. They set up wonderfully. I also went from... 35 millimeters to 37 millimeters so uh,
0: two millimeters gonna make a big difference well
1: I think what's actually gonna make a bigger difference is my old tires had like a fairly slick spot down the middle yeah and then they like jumped to little knobbies whereas the new tires that I have are a lot more gradual and so it would you know if I start slipping out I don't think that would be as shocking of a change if I'm going around a turn like that so just different feel I'm excited to try it out.
0: Yeah, they. What'd you get? The Ramblers, yes. Maxxis Ramblers. That's what I have on my bike. I recommend them, but I have also heard and experienced you kind of burn through them pretty quick. Hmm. Yeah, I I haven't gotten a ton of miles out of mine, and they're already getting low. But you know, that just means they roll better on pavement because I warmed a flat now.
1: Or maybe you just rode more than you expect.
0: No, it was yeah. not that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, I'm pretty excited to give those a try. So. What else have you been changing on your bikes, Anthony?
0: Oh gosh, I stress built a bike and then stress took it apart.
1: Is that just spring crazies or is that I, just Anthony?
0: That's just Anthony. I, I put all my equipment on my chisel and then decided, you know what, that's not a good gravel bike, so I took all of it off and put on my other bike, my, uh, my Crux.
1: In potentially unrelated news, probably not unrelated news, Anthony has now been working at home for a year officially, so good times. Might have something to do with stress building bikes.
0: Yeah, happy year to me. We've also done rides outside to places far away, and by far away, I mean like twenty miles, which in terms of snow biking is basically forever. Yeah, don't tell that to Steve Cannon, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) or Sarah Cooper.
0: Well, Steve Cannon did a thousand miles on a fat bike in snow.
1: Yeah, thousand miles to Nome.
0: Yeah, I have a new appreciation for that, given how fun it was to ride. Even freaking groom trails. Mm-hmm. So I my fat bike, I think I put 150 miles on it. or No, 250 miles on it. Oh, over the wow. Winter. Yeah, wow. Woo, that's
1: that's, like that's a rides. lot for a fat bike. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that's nothing for a road bike. Like, Anyhow. Any mahoos it. So I know a couple things that I've been doing. What is, have you been doing? Well, all the bar mitts are going off the bikes. Oh. I am putting the bells back on the bikes because they interfered with the bar mitts and... Bells are kind of important when you're passing people on trails, which happens a lot more in the summer. People don't tend to be outside on trails in, you know, nine degree weather.
0: Yeah, I got, well, I'll probably still have the, the Bike Iowa Pogey Lights mm-hmm. plug for.
1: Pogey Lights, if you can get them. They're awesome. They're sometimes in stock.
0: What's the guy's name?
1: Scott Sumter.
0: Scott Sumter, plug for Scott Sumter. There it is. <laughs>
1: You guys should have seen Anthony's face as he just stared <laughs> off into space. He was so distressed.
0: <laughs> I kept thinking Steve, and I'm like, no, there's two Steve's, not three. Plug for Scott Sumter and his amazing pokey lights. Hand-built here in Iowa. Oh, I've my seen, God,
1: I want a pair so bad. I keep stealing Anthony's.
0: I've seen the sweatshop that is his house. I think it's like his friend makes them.
1: Nice. Anyhow, so apparently Anthony's getting out his pokey lights.
0: Yeah, because they're perfect for this time of year when it's like, let me look. 36 degrees out, but it could be 50 degrees out. You throw them in your backpack and, you know, they're they are fabric. They're really light. They pack down. It, I, I should get paid to say this.
1: No, you shouldn't. They're just that amazing.
0: They are that amazing, though. As, ask anyone. They'll tell you. But especially me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so one other thing that I've been doing is I had, like, all of the lights put on my bike over the winter because I don't think I did I might have done two rides when I didn't potentially need a light. I am so excited to bike in the sunshine again. It is amazing.
0: Oh, I got a uh, another man. This is just an episode of equipment plugs. Mm-hmm. I got a seat post mount for my tail light for my
1: gravel bike. Tell me about this tail light.
0: Well, it's the it's the Garmin Varia, V-A-R-I-A. Ooh, fancy. Well, it's fancy because it has a
1: freaking laser or a radar
0: in it. Sorry, not a freaking laser. Freaking radar? Freaking radar in it. It tells you when cars are coming up behind you, which is
1: awesome. Good way to not die on gravel if you know when a car is coming up behind you. You
0: can usually hear them, but this thing, it'll tell you before you can hear them. And I got it because I was like, yes, this will be great, but it didn't mount on my seat very well because I'm dumb and bought a bike too. That was too big.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) So you don't have that
0: much seat post? No, I have like I have like four inches to work with, which is nothing unusual. But for adding stuff to it, it's really not that much.
1: Oh yeah, because you've got your uh, what all do you have on your seat post right now?
0: I just usually have that fender on it. I like the fender because then I can ride it through puddles like a child, and it's fun. But I, I couldn't fit the Vario on top of that, and so I got this this fun little I don't even know what it is. It's like a mount that goes to the rails of the seat. It's freaking awesome. I have it's so fun. much room.
1: Anthony now has a, a long light that drops down in the back of his seat and flashes, and it does look pretty cool. Is that how taillights work? Yeah, what yeah, else? it is. What else do they do? Well, it kind of looks like a tail off coming off your seat. Like, that's why I think it's fun. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, no, I know I know. lights flash. That's what they're for. That's why we have them. They go blinky, blinky and people see you. Yeah.
0: But between my stress of deciding which bike to ride, I decided I'm just going to ride the crap out of my crux, and you know what, if... I scratch the frame, then I can get a new bike. Once I break this bike, I can get a new one. And that, that should keep me from buying a new bike for at least a little while.
1: You guys, I don't know if we included this on our goals for the upcoming year, but no joke, one of my goals for this year is to not buy a new bike. We ended up with so many bike changes last year. Like, I think we... I was going to say we netted zero. That is not true. We did not go up that much more than what we started with.
0: God, but that sounds, that sounds so spoiled. It makes my brain hurt. It
1: does, right? But like, I think this is going to be, be the year of figure out how to work with what you got, which is actually most of what I am doing right now with my gravel bike.
0: Everybody's so jealous. Like, Oh, you have a wife that bike with you? Yeah, it's great until you realize all the freaking bikes you have to have. Imagine. Imagine your bike problem, dear listener, times two. And that's the situation that we find ourselves in.
1: I mean, I, I could name off the top of my head at least three people who have the same number of bikes or more than we do, like just for one person.
0: Yeah, I could have seven bikes all filling different roles on my own. But we don't have that luxury. I mean, if, if I have a, if we have a gravel bike and a mountain bike, that's four bikes between the mm-hmm. two of us. So yeah, this year, new goal is to buy a bunch of really nice bikes. No, no,
1: no, this year, it's figure out how to use what we have
0: to use what we have until I break the dang frame and can buy a nice bike deal. Yeah. Fine. Yes, you heard it here.
1: No, you cannot take a hammer to that frame and expect to get a new bike, dear. Well, I, okay. You sure. also heard that here. So anyhow my main so anyway moving on (laughs) so last year I got a uh, specialized epic and spent a lot of time figuring out that bike and just getting used to it and it was a used bike when I got it so it came with several upgrades which I absolutely adore but that was my focus of last year was really mountain biking and just learning what it was like to be on a full suspension carbon bike and this year, what I'd really like to do is dial in my gravel bike, which is a Bianchi Impulso Allroad. And this bike, I have finally, in the last like two days, forced myself to admit, might be a tiny bit too big for me. So it is a 55 centimeter. I think I technically should be on a 54, which Bianchi doesn't have. The next one down would be a 53, and that I... I don't know. It might be too small for me. So anyhow, I am figuring out how to make this one work because the reach on it is just a little bit too long. I have been noticing, actually, I've been noticing for a while that when I get back from a gravel ride, if I did more than 15 miles, which on gravel is like nothing, my shoulders would hurt really bad. I'd have to be careful to not lock out my elbows, things like that. And finally, it occurred to me that these might be issues that aren't just me not being in gravel biking shape, and they might be something I should figure out how to fix. So I have been looking at the geometry and everything on my gravel bike, and so one of the things I'm going to do there is shorten my stem up. And the other thing that I'm doing is something that Anthony actually helped me with a lot.
0: I mean, you know what they say about poor craftsmen. What's that? They blame their tools.
1: Mm, Yeah, I, I also need to, you know, actually ride my gravel bike more, but... I'd probably do that more if it didn't hurt well, a lot just exactly. to sit on it.
0: And then I, I started thinking about it. I was, I was like, "Well, oh, dang! If your shoulders hurt and your arms hurt, it means you're putting a lot of weight on your, your arms, which you shouldn't be doing. When you're riding a bike, it shouldn't be hold your weight up with hold your torso with your arms. That means you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. So I I took a look, see at Jen's bike, and what was wrong, or what was n- maybe wrong
1: with your bike. So the other thing that I'm testing out right now is the angle of the seat. And I think maybe in compensation for the fact that the reach was a little bit too long, I had my seat tilted forward, which is great for like the first five miles. And then I think it starts leading to leaning too far forward, putting too much pressure on my hands and arms. So we actually got the level out and figured out Anthony's um, bike seat was actually perfectly at level. So I have adjusted mine to there, and I'm going to start tweaking it to see what fits.
0: So I'm interested in what people listening, like, what, what's your bike seat look like? Because mine was almost perfectly level. Jen's, I moved back. And so if, if you've never, Wait, you
1: moved back or you tipped it up? I t- tipped it up. Okay.
0: Yeah, I tilted it nose up. Mm-hmm. I changed the attitude to a nose up attitude. Pull back on the yoke.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Pilot Anthony.
0: You're welcome. What I was going to say is that for those out there who have these kind of problems, discomfort while biking, I mean, the first couple days, you know, your butt hurts when you haven't ridden for a long time. But you shouldn't constantly be in pain. That's that's a bad sign. And so if you're in that situation, look at what it is. Look at your seat angle. If your arms hurt, you might be putting too much weight on your your arms. Well, why are you doing that? Probably because you're pushing yourself back all the time so you don't slide off the front of your seat. Mm Mm-hmm. Or if your elbows hurt, maybe your reach is too far. You need a shorter stem on there. And this can be really complicated because the seat adjustments are tiny. You know, one degree, two degrees can make all the difference in the world. So if, if you have that problem and you think, oh, I just can't bike long distances, you know, it might not be you.
1: Well, and that's just mentally that idea is so insane, but also so huge to me because... I kept feeling like I couldn't go on gravel group rides just because I wasn't in that sort of shape. Like I was in shape enough to do almost more of like the sprint type of biking for mountain biking, but just those long grinds, like, like, okay, I need to just go out and do a few of those rides on my own and get better conditioned. And then I can join the group rides, but it hurt and just wasn't fun. And so I'd never do that. And then it it was just this perpetuating cycle. So Yeah. And i'm I'm so excited that I might actually be onto something and I can change it for this year
0: yeah and the, the way I kind of diagnosed that if you will is I sat on my bike and you know put my hand against the wall and I could just sit there it was no problem I sat up didn't touch the bars it was fine I sat on Jen's bike and like I could feel myself sliding forward on it which isn't what you want to do because when you when you are sliding like that. You have to fight that the whole time, mm-hmm. which means you're engaging all these weird muscles to do weird stuff. And I don't know. We'll keep you updated. I, I'm not sure if it helped. Uh, you tried it out the other day, didn't you?
1: Yeah, last night I just took it on a really short, like I would not know, mile and a half ride around the neighborhood, and I just really I wanted to get a feel for it. Specifically, didn't wear bike shorts and. It felt good. Mostly what I wanted to see if it is if there is any immediate like, oh, I don't like this or, oh, I need to tip it down because it it feels like I can't pedal normally. And I didn't have that. It was also dark and spitting rain on me, which is why I didn't go farther. So we're going to take it down and test it out on some actual gravel this weekend and we'll report back.
0: There's also different bike seats. There's, There's this one bike seat I have most expensive one I have and I hate it. It just doesn't feel right. But that's more of a numbing issue, not so much like a other issue. Boy, I didn't intend for this to be the bike seat podcast, but I'm <laughs> I'm actually excited about this. I'm excited to hear what happens to you. I I wasn't yeah. excited about riding bikes when I started this episode. Now I am.
1: <laughs> well, and with what you just said on bike seats, I have this one bike seat that I have been like finding on eBay and buying. I think the last one I actually found off Facebook Marketplace, but I got my first one. It's a women-specific one. I think it's a Trek. It's a Bontrager one, which is used on Trek bikes. And I got it out of like the discard bin in Ames when we were in college. Oh man, this is—I to- I love that seat so much. I might honestly put that on just to be like, it's not the seat. Oh, that's a good idea, right? Because like, I know I love that seat. I've got that on my mountain bike. I've never had any issues with it. So that might be my next spring swap out.
0: For those wondering, the bike seat I use is a Specialized Phenom that comes on my or that came on my Specialized uh, Chisel,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and now I just that's the only thing I will ride. I have a physique, F I S I K.
1: Oh, not not your physique. It's, I have, it's called a physique. Yeah, no,
0: I have a bad physique, but I also have a bad physique seat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm never gonna forget that one now. <laughs> And I bought it
0: at uh, REI. They had it in their garage sale. And I'm like, oh, it's like half off. I'll, I'll buy it. It's normally like $150 seat or something crazy. Mm-hmm. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Uh, I, I'm a bit of a weirdo, though. I don't wear the cushioned seat. Cushioned
1: Anthony arm. doesn't like chamois. He doesn't like chamois cream. You're probably going to see him in a t-shirt and gym shorts. And
0: Yeah, no joke. T-shirt and gym shorts is my jam, man. I go out there and I know... Oh, this, why am I listening to this guy biking? No, 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 no. I just really don't like sexy shorts.
1: <laughs> so, Anthony, do you have any other plans for your bike that you still need to do?
0: Oh, my God. There's so many plans for my bike, and they're all terrible.
1: Okay, uh, but, like, to be ready for spring riding.
0: Well, I finally said F it, and I'm just going to put whatever I want on this bike to make it comfortable so I can ride it a long ways. Mm-hmm. And I might be getting a, like, little feed baggy thing so I can stuff beverages and food in there. Ooh. And yeah, I got like my phone holder on top of it. It's all decked out and I'm going to rub through the carbon and I don't care anymore. I've been too stressed out about baby that thing.
1: So th- this is, Oh my goodness. Just a side note. We have spent so much time talking about what we can or cannot do with this bike. It might have more hours talking about it than riding it. Oh yeah.
0: This has more hours being stressed out about riding it than actually riding it. It's a 2016 carbon crux. And like, I'm just, I'm done worrying about it. <laughs> I'm so done.
1: So anyhow, Anthony, you did just hit on something that is we need to consider for um, summer riding. Food? And food and drink. Because I think you mentioned this earlier, but... Tree Blonde Fatale. Uh, you did talk about that earlier, but not on the podcast. Oh. So it is very important that you bring along your Tree Blonde Fatale. <laughs> Go Peachtree. <laughs> However, more important than that when you're doing long rides is that you need to be able to bring along water. So in the winter, typically I'd carry a water bottle like on my hip pack because then it put it next to my body and not on my cold frame. And now I'm back into the season of how many water bottles can I fit on my bike so I don't have to carry water on my back? The answer for me is three. I can't fit a three. I'm so jealous. I can only fit two. Oh no!
0: Well, I got three in the water on my back. I can do a hundred k without stopping for water.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I might actually have water bottle attachment points on my fork. I need to check that out. Oh, you do? I'm. I don't know if I have two or if I only have one.
0: We need to get more Nicholas cages. We do, dude. The salsa Nicholas cages, man. They are phenomenally named, and I really like them. <laughs> um, man, so many, so many plugs this episode
1: this was not planned guys i had no clue what i was walking into i feel like i'm being advertised to what,
0: when you married me
1: well for this episode you're being advertised i, I knew what i was walking into are when you I saying married i'm you. pimping
0: my wife out
1: <laughs> <laughs> no i'm being advertised too
0: oh yeah i yeah, know we need to get more of those cages i really like them
1: <laughs> note to self
0: boy man this one went almost off the, of the last one <laughs> Anyway, I'm well, super excited about going out and riding. I really want I really want to fix Jen's butt problem.
1: Butt problem. Arm and shoulder problem.
0: Probably a seat dear. problem.
1: Seat problem. There yeah. we go. Seat and stem.
0: Yeah. Seat and stem issues. And then if that fixes it, you might actually be you might actually be a, an okay biker.
1: I, I might. I mean I feel like that's going a little bit too far. <laughs> but if I actually <laughs> enjoy getting on my gravel bike, I might actually ride my gravel bike and that means I'm probably gonna be in better gravel shape. And so like maybe by the end of the summer, I won't dread the idea of 100K races, which I do want to say thank you to all of you race directors who are doing 50K races because it is so nice signing up for that, knowing that I'm actually going to enjoy it and not just hate my life for the last two hours of the ride.
0: Yeah, that's a huge thing because then we both can show up. Jen can do the 50. I can do the 100. We can go home happy Mm -hmm. as opposed to Jen just sitting there for five hours wondering when I'll be back.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like I would do 100Ks. I just might sign up for less of them. So, yes, this is a very true statement that you just said.
0: Thank you for advocating for the truth of my statement. (laughs) Anyway, we are going to work on Jen's seat issue, and we'll report back in two weeks' time.
1: And if you guys have anything that you always do to dewinterize your bike, or anything that you're working on, you know, working through fit issues, or just have advice or anecdotes you want to pass along we would love to hear that
0: or if you want to have a professional bike fit done on jen let me know and we'll record it and we'll talk about it i'm winking you can't (laughs) see it but i'm winking Uh, um
1: yeah sure that one
0: yeah give give us your pro tips if you got them or amateur tips all of them
1: just all the tips i will take advice i really really want to like this bike and gravel biking this year
0: and i really want to like my wife so thanks for listening
1: Yeah, until next time, you can find us on Instagram at bottom.bracket.biking. And as we always say, ride dirt, not mud. Okay, bye.